Welcome to the SoCal Hymns podcast series. This is Ernesto Santana, and today we are featuring a conversation with Pavel Smirnov. Pavel is a serial entrepreneur, fire trailblazer, and the CEO of Health Samurai, a company that developed Aidbox, a fire backend that makes it easy to build enterprise healthcare applications. He started working in healthcare IT in 2004 and led the development and implementation of a cloud inpatient EHR at three hospitals in California. His company, Health Samurai, has been using FHIR standard in real projects since 2012 and are active participants in the FHIR community. Pavel's expertise spans across health IT, strategy, medical standards, including FHIR, and modern cloud technologies. Pavel, thank you for joining our podcast. Hello, thank you for having me here. Let's talk about the proposed interoperability rule from HHS that comes into effect in 2020. So what's this rule and who is affected and why is it important? So the HHS rule is just proposed. Uh, it's open for comments, so it's not uh, uh, the final rule yet. Uh, it affects, uh, like the ONC rule affect, uh, affects uh, EHR technologies, certified EHR technologies. And there is a CMS rule which uh, affects uh, provider organizations. Now, overall, this rule definitely will affect the whole ecosystem of uh, health IT technology. And... Um, it uh, it is a consequence of uh, the 21st Century Cure Act, uh, which was introduced by the Congress, and uh, basically ONC efforts to uh, transform, uh, support this uh, Congress rule, and make sure that it will be uh, implemented in real uh, healthcare applications. So this rule was uh, implemented, or is going to be implemented in uh, 2020, correct? Uh, what, what's the what's the impact that you see across the board in uh, different health systems, and how is that, uh, you know, affecting the uh, the rollout for different EHRs that are uh, at, at this point getting swapped out and uh, have different uh, roadmaps for interoperability within these health systems? So hopefully the rule will be approved uh, sometime in autumn. Uh, after that, uh, after the rule uh, will be uh, approved, uh, it will be two years after everybody should be complied with the rule. Um, the rule has a lot of interesting parts and it's a very detailed rule. It describes uh, uh, in great detail uh, information block and it describes API requirements for the EHR technology. It describes what kind of penalty going to be for... Um, HR providers, if they do not follow the rule, uh, describes uh, what kind of uh, uh, fees they can charge uh, third-party developers which tries to utilize these APIs. So it's it's a very detailed rule and uh, very well written. Um, though, uh, of course, uh, there are a lot of questions and uh, different organizations are commenting on this rule. There are very meaningful comments and uh, there are, uh, of course, uh, comments, like positive comments, there are negative comments, there are concerns, right? Absolutely. Uh, so do you expect a uh, uh, a rollout to include certain uh, standards that are uh, already out that like may include um, uh, HL7, FHIR, and things of that nature? Yeah, so one of the interesting uh, parts and important parts of the rule, yes, the uh, rule uh, heavily promotes and enforces uh, use of uh, FHIR standard. Uh, though uh, there are, of course, questions associated with the way how it promotes it. Uh, in particular, um, there is now uh, 
an open question. There are comments uh, requested for what uh, version of fire uh, needs to be enforced in this rule. And there are versions uh, starting with uh, DSTU2. Uh, it's a fire version which was uh, released in 2015. Uh, there is a uh, proposal to use uh, fire uh, DSTU2 and DSTU3 at the same time. And also there is a proposal to use uh, fire version R4. Uh, now, my perspective is, uh, though I understand how conservative uh, healthcare is, uh, if the rule comes in effect uh, two years from autumn of 2019, it's going to be already definitely at least R5 of fire available. And discussing right now, uh, enforcement of uh, DSTU2 uh, sounds a little bit too conservative from my perspective. What have you submitted in terms of uh, comments to uh, HHS for the fire standard? Uh, we have not submitted anything yet. Uh, though my, uh, uh, I have read a lot of uh, submissions from uh, other organizations. The one uh, which uh, I uh, can say I share uh, a lot uh, of common uh, in the opinion was submitted uh, by the guys from uh, Smart Health IT, um, Kenneth Mandel, uh, Josh Mandel, uh, the guys who started Smart on Fire and CDS Hooks initiatives. And uh, as I said, like I really uh, would love to see uh, new FICE standards, new versions in, uh, in the proposal. Uh, in the rule, um, I would love to see, uh, actually, actually the rule addresses a way for a uh, new version of standard to be introduced uh, with time. So uh, it refers, there is a, a standard advancement process which is described by the rule. Uh, but I would say even right away, right from the beginning, out of the box, it should not be DSTU2 or STU3. We definitely want uh, R4 to be there. And uh, I would even think about uh, future R5 version. And uh, it's not the situation when uh, you can say that R5 is going to be too new and too immature. No, uh, Fire is developing, being developed uh, continuously. And essentially, R4 is more mature version of uh, STU3, and STU3 is more mature version of uh, DSTU2. So uh, I assume that R5 cannot be less mature than version R4. So I, I would really uh, think that uh, going with uh, more mature um, future version of Fire is very important. Uh, maybe it's ideal to uh, pass uh, certain decisions about specific uh, versions uh, specific resources which needs to be implemented to uh, implementation guides which can be crafted by the community and ONC rule doesn't have to have uh, specific requirements to like uh, you got to have this resource or you got to implement this particular version can be addressed in different documentation uh. yeah very interesting uh, so for 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 those who may not know what fire exactly entails can you describe what it is and why is it different from other standards? What are its benefits? And uh, how is it going to help us to get to the next level of interoperability? So, so FHIR is a, uh, a framework uh, of uh, 
healthcare standards that uh, describes how uh, healthcare information can be exchanged between uh, different systems. Uh, this uh, framework uh, heavily utilizes web technologies. So that's, uh, that's the first uh, healthcare IT standard that uh, introduced uh, API to healthcare. And you know that API is used in pretty much any other industry right now. So FHIR introduced uh, web technologies and APIs uh, to healthcare. Uh, the huge difference about FHIR, and I always like when I speak about FHIR, uh, I always start speaking about the community behind the standard. It's a, it's the first open standard from HL7. Uh, everybody can access documentation without any fees. It's a completely open source. And there is a very, very active community uh, behind the standard. Like literally uh, anyone can uh, go and join uh, Fire Developers Chat, uh, which is located at uh, the URL uh, chat.fire.org. And within minutes, you can start speaking to leaders of the Fire community, such as uh, Fire Project Manager, uh, Graham Grief, uh, Josh Mandel, Lloyd McKenzie. All these guys are uh, literally one click away from you, and uh, you can expect the response from them like pretty much anytime. What is your involvement with, uh, with fi the FHIR standards community? Uh, well, uh, we've been uh, with the FHIR community since early days. Uh, we joined uh, FHIR in 2012 and uh, our engineers actively contributed uh, to the FHIR specification. Uh, one of the major things we have done uh, over the years, we um, released several open source implementations and um, I want to say, speak about uh, open source uh, development within uh, Fire community. It's pretty big. Uh, I think it was uh, promoted uh, open source development uh, by the open source of by by the things that the standard itself is open source. So uh, a lot of companies develop open source solutions for Fire, and uh, my company Health Samurai. We've been uh, developing a lot of open source uh, libraries. Uh, I will give you a couple of examples. Uh, we have uh, developed a storage for fire resources, Firebase, uh, open source, available at no fee to everyone. Uh, our attempt to uh, provide uh, ultimate storage for clinical data in fire format. Uh, the other uh, initiative we supported, we contributed to the JavaScript library uh, for fire. So. That would be probably our major contributions. Uh, our CTO, Nikolai, uh, is leading storage and analytics track at the Fire Connectatons. Interesting. Yeah, that's great. And where do you see Fire uh, pushing innovation in healthcare? Uh, you, you, you maybe spoke about EHR app stores uh, very briefly. Uh, what is this new trend in medical software delivery? Uh, it's a great question. Uh, I, I actually think that uh, FHIR is, uh, is the key for innovation in healthcare. Uh, and I can speak uh, about this uh, from the experience uh, we had. Uh, like we, we came into healthcare. Uh, we, we've been a software development company, uh, not really related to healthcare. And uh, we got involved into HR development project. At that moment, there was no fire. And I remember how hard it was for us to uh, learn all the complexity of healthcare domain. 
Nowadays, a software developer, maybe without any healthcare background, who has maybe financial expertise or whatever, but a, a good engineer, uh, he can open fire specification and learn a lot about healthcare just from the specification. It's a very well written, very concise, very educational uh, specification. And um, and again, remember about the community, right? So you're not going to be alone. So any engineer who decides to innovate for healthcare, develop something, he gets this uh, amazing treasure artifacts, uh, which knowledge, uh, which he can access. And he also gets a great community with all these tools, right? So that's uh, basically opens a health IT market for all the uh, software engineers which didn't have health IT experience before. So with all the uh, development uh, happening around FIRE, what are the more interesting projects that you see are out there that are pushing the innovation envelope? Um, so great, uh, great uh, illustration of the power and that FIRE actually works, I think uh, might be uh, Apple Health Kit, because uh, Apple Health Kit uh, allows you to get uh, your healthcare data from uh, EHR, from uh, from from patient portal of the EHR, uh, over Fire API, and Apple managed to connect uh, 500 plus hospitals. Uh, I don't want to like give the wrong information, but I think like within one year or something, and uh, I think it's very powerful, like bringing. Uh, data to individual patients in a fire format standardized to their phones like within one year from 500 hospitals i think it's amazing uh, from my uh, own experience we have a significant race of uh, specialty ehrs developers among our clients uh, i see how uh, our clients are developing dermatology ehr oncology ehr um, Hospice HR, and uh, they leverage Fire for internal data structures. They develop this EHR's uh, Fire first manner. Uh, I think that's uh, an illustration of a different uh, example. Uh, it illustrates uh, how complex can be uh, solutions which build purely on Fire. So Fire already can enable a uh, pretty sizable project like Ambulatory HR. Targeting certain specialty, right? And I think it's it's also very very powerful example. So, what are the challenges facing the industry in adopting a single standard like Fire? Is it uh, good to have an open source standard? Yeah, I mean, uh, definitely uh, the fact that standard is open source uh, helps a lot. Uh, as I said before, uh, anybody can access documentation and learn the standard, uh, everybody who has intentions to support uh, ease of interoperability uh, would be able to leverage uh, fire specification and uh, provide uh, fluent access um, to all the parties. Now, uh, historically, a lot of vendors which are leading the market right now, they have built uh, their solutions without fire in mind. And uh, of course, uh, the way how they store data, the way what kind of API uh, they developed, uh, in many cases, it has nothing to do with Fire. And they need to 
apply certain efforts to help fire adoption. The other thing you can uh, think that uh, some of these vendors might not uh, have uh, intention to allow third-party developers easily supplement, replace uh, the modules of the HR systems. Can FIRE help bridge that gap? Uh, FIRE definitely is bridging that gap, and uh, that's uh, going back to uh, certification, uh, proposed certification from ONC is a new rule. Uh, they are uh, enforcing uh, open APIs, and uh, they trying to describe situations, uh, including uh, what kind of charges can be associated for third-party developers to leverage these APIs. And uh, it's it's a real real life question, and it's a question for all the app stores, right? I mean, uh, you hear how Spotify is fighting Apple uh, for the app store fees. Uh, same thing. I'm here. I'm hearing from uh, developers of uh, healthcare applications, which sometimes are not very happy with revenue sharing fees uh, enforced by uh, app stores from the major EHR vendors. So the new rule uh, in particular describes and put very strict borders on what types of fees can be uh, applied to third-party developers. Uh, it uh, enforces that there should be no refusal uh, of third-party application based on if it compete if it's competing with uh, one of the modules of the EHR vendor, for instance. It uh, enforces that there should be no type of revenue sharing uh, in the contract for using the API. It can only be very minimal fees associated with uh, supporting of the API infrastructure in this development. And that's basically it. With this new capability and uh, enhanced interoperability with Fire, what are the uh, benefits from a privacy standard knowing that the data is going to now start being more available across different types of environments and, uh, and how do you see that as a, an improvement over old models of sharing data? Well, if you uh, imagining uh, the old ways of uh, transferring information over fax and uh, CD disks, uh, definitely a patient with his phone and using web technology, uh, normal authentication, authorization, and uh, getting this information to his personal device, it's definitely much more secure than... Uh, you know, having it faxed on paper or, you know, handled to him on CD disk. And so what are you doing to help promote this standard and what are the ways folks can learn more about FHIRE? Uh, so for learning FHIRE, uh, I would say uh, FHIRE specification and FHIRE community are uh, two great resources to start with. Uh, FHIRE specification has a few uh, summaries. There is an executive summary, there is a software engineer summary. Uh, overall, FHIRE has a lot of hype and there are a lot of publications in different media, so you can uh, educate yourself. But uh, the sources are specification and community, so you can go there and educate yourself. There are a lot of uh, offline events. Um, I would speak about maybe three. Uh, HL7 organization has uh, three general group meetings um, every year. Two of them are uh, held in the United States and one is uh, held outside of the United States. Uh, last one outside the, 
outside of the United States was uh, in Canada. Uh, next one is going to be in Australia. So it's a, it's a nice uh, one-week sessions you can join. There is a Saturday and Sunday connectathon for engineers who wants to try uh, uh, implement something on fire. And uh, this uh, fire connectathon, they gather uh, leaders of the fire community so you can really implement any use case you want and get the best help available. Uh, for node developers, uh, for executives, um, just general education purpose, uh, there is a very nice uh, event called Fire Applications Roundtable. It usually uh, happens once or twice a year, and uh, it's a very fast-paced event, uh, around 40 presentations from uh, different vendors. Uh, each presentation takes 15 minutes, and they just uh, showcase different uh, real Fire applications. And uh, the other thing, there are a lot of Fire meetups, uh, in particular in California, uh, Health Samurai uh, is organizing a fire meetup. Uh, we organized uh, one in San Francisco just recently. And uh, next week we are organizing a fire meetup uh, at Scale LA. Uh, there are almost 100 people already registered for the meetup. And we have uh, four amazing speakers from very different uh, areas. Uh, fire and public health, fire and mobile health, uh, fire and EHR applications. Uh, fire for application development. So it's a great opportunity to come and learn and it doesn't cost anything to attend. Now speaking about what we are doing to promote fire, um, we have uh, we have had a perspective, perspective on fire which uh, was somewhat different, uh, uh, not mainstream uh, at the early days, but I think it's getting some traction. So our idea was that Fire is not just good for exchanging healthcare information over API, but it also Fire data model can be used for internal uh, storage of healthcare information. If you think about uh, again uh, developers of uh, new healthcare applications and how much time they spend on development of backend solutions, uh, designing uh, data structures for healthcare information. Uh, that's an area where Health Samurai is trying to make the difference. We're trying to provide ultimate good backend that can serve as a backend for any healthcare application of an EHR side, size or uh, even work for data analytics purposes. So that's, that's what we are doing. That sounds very exciting. And uh, so one last question here, uh, Pavel, our listeners are going to want to reach out to you and have follow-up questions and seek your expertise. What would be the best way to connect with you and uh, talk to more about FIRE? Uh, I'm very easy to track. Uh, you can type Health Samurai in uh, Google search and uh, find me uh, uh, at health-samurai.io. Uh, I also on Twitter under uh, Paul dash, uh, Paul underscore Smirnov, and uh, also you can find me on LinkedIn. Uh, you also can meet me in person at uh, Health Dev LA meetups uh, we are organizing, and we plan to have this uh, fire meetups uh, approximately every other month. And uh, just come to the meetup, and uh, you not just find me, but you also will. Definitely educate yourself and network with amazing people. Great. Thank you, Pavel. Thank you so much for having me. 
Thank you for listening to the SoCal Hymns podcast series. Special thanks to Callister Harmon, our audio and mixing engineer, for helping us produce our podcast series. Oh, 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 o